As an agribusiness expert with Alliant Energy and a farmer, I know how important it is to get the most out of your land. I know that also applies to getting the most out of how your farm uses energy. That's why Alliant Energy offers free farm energy assessments. With a farm energy assessment, someone like me will find all kinds of ways to help you save money and energy. We can even connect you with rebates to help make energy equipment upgrades even more affordable. Schedule your free assessment at AlliantEnergy.com slash FarmEnergyAssessment. College can be expensive, but saving now can help your students save later. Give your child's college savings a boost by registering for a chance at a $1,000 savings plan deposit for 6th through 12th graders. Sign up today at iowastudentloan.org slash register. You're listening to Building the Broncos with Nick Kendall and Carl Dummler, Broncos Country's leading draft and scouting analysts. Get on over to milehighhuddle.com to sound off on all things Broncos. Hello, welcome in, guys. Welcome in. It is Tuesday night, 7.02 uh, Mountain Time, and it is time for an episode of Building the Broncos. I am Nick Kendall, and joined by, as always, on these Tuesday night shows, Carl Dummler out there in Kansas. Carl, how you doing in the, the Midwest? Well, we're, we're melting again. Oh, God. Last week we had our nice little week of 70s. Now we're back up to 105 today. Oh, God. We, we're inverse. We, to this morning it was like 59 when I woke up and I was just like basking in it. It was great. No sun. Oh, man, I'll take it for what I have. I missed it in the winter. But, um, uh, well, sorry to hear that. Uh, hopefully your air conditioner is uh, working fine. And I got to say, people, if you missed it last week, um, there is video evidence that Carl had the uh, monkey, ta- monkey tail shave, uh, male grooming going on there. Um, and uh, we miss it. I got to ask, uh, how quickly did it come off? And uh, was it you that shaved it off or did your mom uh, come over and get it while you were sleeping? <laughs> so right after the show, I went over to my parents' house and uh, walked in the door and my mom started screaming. <sighs> and my my niece came running upstairs. What's wrong, Nana? And so then she started screaming as well when she saw it. I was like, I didn't think I looked that bad. but No, I looked great. Yeah, I thought so. But uh, no, I I kept it the next day. Okay. And wow. did a few errands around town, got a few looks. Nobody said anything because it's kind of one of those like weird, can you say anything? Oh, they probably were questioning, like, did they actually see that? Like, I must right. No, I, I miss Saw for sure. Right. So, yeah. Um, but then later that evening, I finally shaved it off because I knew yeah. mom would eventually be coming for it. So I figured I better do it before she she comes with the razor. Shocking that you got out of the house. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I shaved it again later. Kept it clean for a couple days. So this is about four days of growth right here. Okay. Nice. That's about everything from the neck up, about four days worth of growth as well. I'm not talking about, you know, actual here. But anyway, um, some serious stuff uh, to get into today. Unfortunately, uh, Broncos have their first day of, you know, full physical padded practices and two reportedly uh, season-ending injury. You know, maybe it'll just be me, you know, with the new Broncos uh, Let's Ride era um, being optimistic. Maybe in a deep playoff run. <laughs> Something happens with Tim Patrick coming back later. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, Damari Crockett, uh, backup reserve running back. Um, and of course, starting wide receiver, uh, Tim Patrick, down uh, with ACL injury. So we'll get into that. But first, uh, to put some sugar on that salt, uh, we want to say hello to the chat here first uh, with everybody coming. We got Dylan Von Ark saying, Sup, Broncos Country. Make sure you guys hit that like button on the way in and subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, James Webb coming in saying, we cleared house, but kept the same trainers who have been here all the injury plagued years. Why? They can only do so much, but that should have been addressed. I mean, what is the trainer going to do to prevent Tim Patrick coming down with a non-contact injury? I guess there's like stretching and stuff, but this this happens in all sports, but it really does happen in football. So 
I guess it feels good to blame somebody. Um, not to take yeah. anything away from your comment, but it feels good to assess blame. But there's a bumper sticker out there that I really like. I think Forrest Gump came up with it. Bleep happens, right? So uh, I think this is a bleep happened uh, situation, unfortunately. Well, and it's one of those, every team is going to have a season-ending injury to a starter at some point this year. Yep. You know, there's already been a couple for other teams. And so I, you hate to see it this early, obviously, and you hate to see it to a player like Tim Patrick that's been such a good guy with the Broncos, worked yeah. hard to get where he is, all those kind of things. But, yeah, especially ACL tears, like those happen for weird reasons. And some of it's not doesn't have anything to do with any kind of trainer and what they do. You know, like you said, this one, it sounds like he went up, made the catch, took a few steps and boom, just popped. Like, it, it just, it happens. And yeah. it's very, very unfortunate. And the Broncos are just going to have to figure out how are we going to move forward and be able to, to make up for what we lost with Tim Patrick. Yeah. And if there are some, you know, PT, uh, human physiology, uh, PhD types out there have some uh, takes on it, then I'd be curious to hear it um, as well. But uh, just from the overall data and what injuries happen broncos have been it feels like they have a lot because we're, we're from taking a perspective from this close but when you sit, stand back uh broncos have been pretty much in the middle of the bell curve for injuries most seasons uh the last five or so years it's just you can't overcome those injuries when your quarterback is bad uh mm -hmm. so hopefully now you know you have things going wrong around him uh but hopefully the quarterback situation can help uh resolve that but First off, um, before we get any further, and Chris Hernandez, thank you so much for the stars. We appreciate it. He says, man, here we go again with these ACL tears. Hopefully, that's the last one. Also, Phil McLaughlin coming in with the support. Thank you so much, Phil. Good to see you. Hope you're doing well over on Facebook. Andrew Lampy also saying uh, speedy recovery to Tim and Damari. And this is what I wanted to get into. Um, first off, speedy recovery to both these guys. But uh, Tim Patrick, like you said, worked really hard to get here. Um, it's really unfortunate because this feels like a year he had a chance to pop. Uh, finally, like we mentioned already, Broncos quarterback situation going from let's be kind um, questionable to, uh, you know, having a top 10 caliber quarterback. Uh, we'll call that what we had the past few years questionable. Uh, but I am also somewhat relieved for Tim Patrick because he did just sign that contract with the guaranteed money on it. So like, yes, it sucks. Yes. You'd rather it not happen. But if this would have happened a year ago, Lord knows, uh, where Tim Patrick is right now and where he's at with his family or whatnot. He signed a deal. A lot of people thought it was somewhat under market value, but he protected himself and he got some guaranteed money and we're going to miss him. Uh, hopefully, you know, we'll see him back in 2023. If not sooner, God, let's just put, keep whispering that in there. Um, but he got that guaranteed money. So it sucks for the Broncos. It sucks for Tim Patrick, no doubt, but I'm, I'm really happy that he has the security uh, for that. No matter what happens going forward. Right. Yeah. We're, we're very player pro player yep. and wanting them to go get their money, get what they can. And yeah, for him to get this contract done when he did. And like I said, it might've been under market. He could have maybe got a little bit more, but to have that security, that is yep. so huge for these players to be able to get that. And, and to just know that they're going to be able to take care of their families for a very long time with this. So I'm glad for him that way. But like I said, for the team itself and just for him in general, because I know he really was excited about this year. It's, it's your first time finally having a great quarterback, one that yeah. could actually take advantage and really put you in the front lines of, media and, and talking points and all those kind of things and you'll lose the season. So hopefully comes back next year. Thankfully it should be fully recovered by next season. No problem there. But for this year, like I said, we just got to figure out how, how are the Broncos going to move forward from here? And we got George Fox coming in with an idea of Cole Beasley still available. He could help. Are you, are you a fan of that move? I think that Cole Beasley 
doesn't really make sense skill set wise as a replacement for Tim Patrick. Uh, you have KJ Hamler coming back, who's also not a one for one. Cole Beasley, who's just, you know, the no real separation over the field, no yak ability chain mover type. Um, but you have those small body guys who really you don't want to play playing up against press protected in the slot in that way in a KJ Hamler, maybe even in a Montreal Washington who continues to make highlight real plays in camp granted, you know, second and third team defense, but still um, doing enough to be talked about a good bit there. So uh, I, I wouldn't be that interested in uh, Cole Beasley personally. And I probably would be waiting until I'll see how these rosters go from 90 to 53 uh, before really bringing in some wide receivers, unless there's somebody out there that uh, they are super interested in bringing in right now. But uh, I don't, I don't think Cole Beasley specifically from a skill set perspective makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I mean, you got a few other names out there still. Will Fuller is another one getting up there in age, what 32, injury 33. Every year. Yeah. yeah. Very injury prone. But I mean, if you're talking skill set guy that can win over the top, not quite like he used to be able to, but can still win over the top kind of fits well with what Russell Wilson likes to do. And and really it's not a matter of you're looking for a, a number two wide receiver at this point, you're looking for the number four wide receiver because you're just kind of saying, Jerry, Judy, you're, you're a first round pick. You got to be our number two guy. Like yeah. that, that's what we brought you in here for KJ Hamler. Again, number three guy, you're kind of moving those guys up a step and, and hoping that they can live up to the, the potential that you hoped when you, when you drafted them. And yeah. uh, so, like I said, number four guy, maybe Will Fuller can get in there for a few snaps. If you need him for a couple games to really take significant snaps, maybe he can pull that off. Yeah. Uh, OBJ. Some people have mentioned him. Don't know when he's going to be able to come back. Obviously had the ACL tear in the Super Bowl. So how quickly it just depends on how how serious it was. I, I always remember Chris Harris Jr. tore his in the divisional round and everybody's like, oh, my gosh, this means he's probably going to have to miss next year. Nope. He was back for week one in 2014. Had maybe honestly, you could argue 2014 was actually his best year as an individual player. 2015, yeah. obviously the, the great defense as a whole, but 2014, he was incredible that season. Yep. Absolutely. Uh, Nathan uh, coming in here uh, saying, bro, are you serious? Why? With the all exclamation points. Yeah, Nathan, it's a big bummer. Um, but Jay coming in here saying this will give more room for uh, KJ Hamler and Montreal Washington, two guys. Maybe also Kendall Hinton has a chance as well. Now, you know, our everybody's favorite uh, backup quarterback. Uh, we also have Kathy Lund coming in with the $5 super. Thank you so much, Kathy. Uh, says yeah. Judy needs to step into that number two, Hamler and company number three. We also have Travis Fulgham on the team whose best days are ahead? Question mark. I don't know about Travis Fulgham, uh, but you're definitely right. The Broncos do have uh, options at wide receiver. And I don't even know if uh, we talked about it this morning with Scott and I on uh, Broncos for breakfast, but can we even say that Cortland Sutton with how he's performed so far coming off the injury even last year uh, is number one? We had expectations, but it doesn't sound like he's been dominating uh, so far this season. Part of that is probably Patrick Sertan is really like running towards the argument of being maybe the best cornerback in football, um, at least maybe in the conversation with the hype that he's getting right now. I'll have to, we'll have to see what it looks like in the regular season, no doubt. But um, maybe Judy and Sutton are going to battle each other, for, each other for number one, but you got to figure out the depth behind those guys, no doubt. Yeah, that, that's the hard part here is, is it because Sutton isn't as good as we thought? Or is it because Patrick Sertan really is just that good? I, I think he is really that good, but I, I still want to see a little bit more from, from Sutton before I really feel comfortable with him being that true number one for the Broncos and, and feeling good about this wide receiver unit, especially now with Tim Patrick down. You know, like yeah. Tim Patrick, you knew what you were getting from him. 
you're, you're going to get that 900 yards, probably five, six touchdowns. And you're going to love what he brings, especially on third down. Mm-hmm. Now that's gone. So now you've kind of lost your most consistent player in that wide receiver room. You got the, the higher ceiling guys and Sutton Hamler and Judy, but can they actually live up to it? They got the lower floor by a long ways compared to Tim Patrick. Yeah. No, absolutely. You're 100% right on that. Uh, we also got Phil coming in and say, who makes the 53 now uh, that we probably that probably would not have? Question mark. Let's ride. Thank you so much, Phil, again with the stars. We appreciate you. Um, I, what do you think here, Carl? Anybody that stands out? I guess uh, there's a few wide receivers in the back end, but I want to see what it looks like in preseason uh, before getting too much into it. But I, I don't know. I feel like a lot of these guys are more practice squad type, and I think that maybe that other guy is going to come from a different roster. Yeah, I mean... I if we're talking about just our roster right now, I'd say Kendall Hinton probably is the biggest benefactor from this. You know, you can move Jerry Judy outside. My guess is Tyree Cleveland. I've heard pretty good things about him at camp, especially as a special teams contributor, which is what he you might really make like. the team. Sorry to cut you off, but he might make the team just solely on that. I don't yeah. think there's enough credence to that impact. So go ahead. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, I think Tyree Cleveland was definitely going to make that roster. Like I said, I've heard really good things about special teams for him. But Kendall Hinton, uh, they weren't really needing an outside wide receiver. If you kept Tyree Cleveland, because he's an outside guy for you, you already had two inside guys and Jerry Judy and and KJ Hamler. Well, now you're kind of moving Jerry Judy outside. So it gives Kendall Hinton a little bit more of an opportunity to see how he could fit on this roster. And then, of course, he he still adds to special teams as well. And I guess if you need a fourth string quarterback or third string, I don't know what you would call him. I guess emergency quarterback. We'll just call him that. Maybe he has to get on the field, but, but yes, I think he's probably the biggest benefactor at this point. And you hate saying that like benefiting from somebody else getting hurt. That really sucks to say, but, but uh, I, I've liked Kendall Hinton. I think he's had a few decent plays actually in the NFL. I think he belongs on a roster. I just was hoping it wasn't on the Broncos because they were so deep at wide receiver. They didn't need him. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. We also got Deanna Hendry coming in here. And uh, thank you so much for uh, joining us today. Good to see you. Saying, I have confidence they will find someone who will fit great. Go Broncos. Thank you so much, Deanna. Hope you have a great rest of your day. Happy Tuesday to you. And uh, I like the positivity here. Um, I saw a lot of, you know, the sky is falling on Broncos Twitter. And, you know, losing Tim Patrick, there's no way to get around it. It sucks. You'd rather have him. But you hope now that you have the quarterback in place and infrastructure where you find other avenues to create offense and succeed. So we're going to find out obviously. And guys, this sit, you might want to sit down for this one. This isn't going to be the last big injury. The Broncos have before the season's over. I mean, that's just, that's the nature of football. That's why depth is so important. You know, you see people flash the starting rosters. It's like, well, show me the two deeps, show me the three deeps because half those guys are going to have critical roles at some point because you're just going to have attrition and injuries. Right. Uh, so, you know, next man up, it sucks. It sucks, but it's also part of the game. And I mean, it's one of the reasons also Tim Patrick got his start. When Cortland Sutton went down, all of a sudden you have Tim Patrick there to take the reins with it. And uh, thank God, you know, uh, Tim Patrick got, and I'll, I see Kathy down here, knock on wood, absolutely Kathy. Um, but it's just, you know, the reality of the game that these guys are playing. And that's why they really need to be advocating for uh, bigger guaranteed contracts. But I digress. Uh, right. Lawrence Rivera coming in saying, well, reevaluating the roster came sooner than I wanted. You guys know how I'm feeling about Tim Patrick. Can we bring in Brandon Marshall? That would be, uh, <laughs> that would be interesting. He was out there at the the Russell camp. I saw that. And I, I think he was more there as a coach, kind of helping guys go through mm-hmm. their, since we got a lot of young guys on this roster, I think that was maybe more of a part of it. But yep. uh, 
I don't know. I mean, if he's got a little juice, I guess you bring him in for a workout and just see what you can do with them. I think there's other players though, that I'd rather see with the Broncos. And I was going to say the nice thing is Russell Wilson did invite out the end of the roster wide receivers to, mm-hmm. to come and work with him the week before he brought out the big time starters. Yeah. So at least he's got a little bit of chemistry of some of those guys got to put them through the ringer and see what they could bring to the table. And so it's not like he's completely lost with them. It's not like he has never worked with them or thrown them a pass. So there's, yeah. there's at least a little chemistry. It's not obviously, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to put as much sugar on, like I said, the salt situation. It's not great, but <laughs> you're trying to find as, as much good as you can. Cause it, it really does. It sucks to lose somebody like him. Great player, great person, hard worker was really set up to have a big year this year. And unfortunately he's gone, but doesn't mean season's over. Broncos of 2015, I remember Ryan Clady went down in May and everybody, sky is falling, season's over. What'd they do? They wouldn't want a Super Bowl. You never know. Um, it sucks, but um, we figured out. And again, maybe who was it? The running back last year, Cam Akers tore his ACL and then was back by the playoff time. You know, miracles happen. Modern medicine happens. Uh, so hoping for the best here for Patrick and Benji Clay coming in with a $5 super. Thank you so much, Benji. We appreciate it. Uh, really, really helpful keeping the lights on in here for all these shows. Uh, but thank you for supporting building the Broncos today saying uh, Patrick would have been amazing in the red zone and crucial to keep the other guys fresh, especially Hamler. Hopefully he holds up, holds up injuries suck. Yeah. I mean, more onus put on Hamler and of course more onus put on Judy and Sutton as well. So Carl, what do you think about how this, uh, the ripple effect here for the Broncos current wide receiving core. I mean, just even more specifically uh, because right now it seems like it's very early and this we're, you know, how much is the Broncos current training camp reps really that uh, applicable to what we're going to see in the regular season, but it does seem like Sutton's somewhat underwhelming. Judy's been good, but he had some you know issues early on fumbles, drops, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, is this duo going to be able to live up to it without Patrick? Cause it felt like Patrick was the rock of those guys. Yeah. I, I wish I had a great answer at this point. I, I don't yeah. feel comfortable with those two guys right now. You know, Sutton last year, like I said, he was coming back from an injury, but he also had the least separation yep. when targeted of any of the wide receivers. So you see that he has a little bit slower step. Hopefully he's gotten that back this year. And maybe it is just Patrick Sertan is just that good that it doesn't matter who you lined up next to him. He's going to dominate in that, that matchup. Uh, it's been nice last couple practices. I've heard that Sutton has gotten a couple decent plays and that there was a couple opportunities where he even won deep and he just unfortunately dropped it. Uh, But Judy, I guess is the one, I don't know. He started out slow at practice, but it sounds like the last few have been actually a little bit better. He's been spending a little extra time working on uh, with the jugs machine, making sure that he's catching everything. And so I, I feel probably better about Judy than I do Sutton. If I'm being honest right now, that's crazy. We would not have said that a little bit ago. Gary leads Palmer. Hey, Carl and Nick and Scott. So sad about Tim, but injuries happen. We still have a better core of wide receivers than most in the league. Hopefully so. Um, And uh, speaking about better um, core coming in here, we're going to add one to this team real quickly here, bringing in the guy on the site. Uh, Sorry, Carl. I know that we like our FaceTimes on here. We're going to get a little smaller for one second. Luke Patterson joining us. Boom. There he is. Luke. How you doing? Um, obviously the man on the scene for uh, Mile High Huddle and uh, unfortunate witnessing a uh, a down day uh, for Broncos country as the pads come on and things get physical. Yeah, what's up, man? What's up, Broncos country? Uh, building the Broncos Tuesday night. Yeah, it's hey. tough, man. Tough day. Day six over at training camp and first day in pads. And the one thing that you didn't want to happen, that happened today. Tim Patrick got hurt, season-ending injury. 
ACL. It was horrible. Um, just reacting to it still. I'm in a bad mood. I'm grouchy. Um, feels like a Monday, not really a Tuesday. Like it feels like we're going backwards a little bit because things were going well for the Denver Broncos. And then you get this disastrous injury now it was a back shoulder fade i know some people are thinking one to two steps that's when that tear happened um i had a really bad feeling as soon as the ball was dropped to be completely honest with you because tim patrick doesn't drop balls um mm. kind of felt like a reactionary thing oh no this is bad uh some people were speculating the knee of course it is the acl but achilles was also something people were wondering about and a lot of people are bringing up the fact that tim patrick and this receiving core you know, this receiving core is so deep that they can afford some of these injuries. And while you don't really like to say those sort of things, I'm not sure they can't afford this, guys. Yeah. I'm really not. Who else is going to block like Tim Patrick? Cortland Sutton does a decent enough job, but you had two big-bodied wide receivers out there that can literally boss and pancake defensive backs around. What's that do to your running game? You've got a whole new set of personnel. Tyree Cleveland, big guy. Does he want to block? I'm not sure. He got a chance at special times a little bit or special teams a little bit last year, but nothing special. Seth Williams, another big guy. Can you block? I mean, these little things are what got Tim Patrick on the field. I think sometimes they're overlooked, specifically special teams. But next receiver up, baby, it's time to get to work. Yeah, really unfortunate. Uh, this obviously happened, but um I guess the general feeling around uh, Broncos country. Could you pick up on any of that as you were there? Yeah. I mean, obviously things. Yeah, it rough, was bizarre. But... It was bizarre, fellas. It's unlike anything I ever experienced, really. And I'm not trying to be too dramatic, but this is a dramatic thing. All right. Russell Wilson yeah. is here and arguably some would say his number one receiver went down. Now we could debate it whether or not that's Cortland Sutton. Will it be Jerry Judy? I don't think so. At least not right now. It could be in the wake of this news and stuff like that. But guys, things were moving. It was a good practice um, to understand Nathaniel Hackett's offense, his timing, all these sorts of things are, are new. They're new for the fan base. It's new for the media, but fellas music stopped practice stopped the Man. whole field cleared and just went to 81 and I felt sick. I honestly felt sick. I'm getting goosebumps, even talking about it right now. Um, People were just, you could tell it was bad. This wasn't going to be one of those things where it was just a rolled ankle. See you in a couple of weeks. Um, I wasn't down close enough to the field. I don't know if you could hear anything, but when the practice stops, that's how you know. And I got to the point, guys, I'm not superstitious. I'm kind of stitious, but it killed the whole buzz of practice. Fans were nervous. I'm chewing on my fingernails, hoping everybody gets up after the first day of pads. We should be talking about nice hits, good pops, guys coming up from from shoulder pads and just little things. Well, after that injury, we're talking about how do we keep guys up? Bradley Chubb, you good? I don't need you getting hurt walking to the water bottles or anything like that. That's how ridiculous I was getting. Because it's just like one of these panic-type situations when it happens in real time. Step away from it for a few hours. You look at your options. We've got them over at milehighhuddle.com. I know Lance has an article in the grinder right now talking about what does it mean? What can the Broncos look at? Yeah, there's some free agents out there, but I do think that they're going to internally look at this young core of wide receivers. Guys, Montreal Washington. He's been getting a lot of run. and He looked really good today after that injury. Uh, kind of closed down the day now, really on a high note if you will um don't get panicked i know russell wilson is out there and you got the little league mom out there keeping score of first down second down third down all these sorts of things this offense is coming together fellas it's gonna take time 
how will the Broncos react to losing arguably their best workhorse wide receiver in the room? We'll find out starting tomorrow on day seven. Yeah, really rough. Carl, do you have any thoughts, questions? Yeah, I was just thinking, you know, it, like you said, it, it does take time for an offense to really click. Tom Brady going to Tampa Bay. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies push boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They push girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughter's bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Took them about six games before they really figured out what works, what doesn't work. You know, you can do all this out of training camp, but it still doesn't quite add up to what you get to experience on the field. And Peyton Manning, when he came here to the Broncos, it took him about about four and a half weeks, right there about halftime of that Chargers game where all of a sudden the offense started clicking. And so I, you're right. You just need to have a little bit of patience. And Gary Leeds Palmer, you're right. Thank you, Luke, for coming in here, giving us a few minutes. I know you've had a, a long day out there. And, and like I said, it's just <laughs> yeah, been kind of I, a tough day. So we appreciate yeah, you Yeah, I appreciate in. you having me on. I apologize for the scheduling errors and all that stuff on my end. As you all get it, it's football time. And we're not expecting these injuries. This kind of screwed up not only my whole day, not, not that anyone cares, uh, but practice went over a little bit. Like I said, we're yeah. getting used to Nathaniel Hackett's schedule. Something I just – a quick observation I didn't get to really write about in my camp journal at milehighhuddle.com. Nathaniel Hackett's style of practice is different. There's music, it's there's energy, it's loose, but there's a lot of learning going on, fellas. I really, really like that. There's not a lot of yelling, not a lot of screaming. Yes, you'll hear Dwayne Stukes. Yes, you'll hear Butch Berry. Uh, but it's not that old school, let me get up in your grill and just berate a guy. It's let me coach you in real time. Let me be loud and demonstrative and try to get to the point. What do I think is a little odd about these practices? You've got the starters basically done with practice today, and then you've got them signing autographs on one end and the second string and third string still going on the other end. So a little odd. I wasn't sure if maybe Nathaniel Hackett wanted to see if we could get a little bit more rep with the twos and the, and the threes or, or what the deal was today. But um, I think Nathaniel Hackett did not flinch when yeah. reacting to Tim Patrick going down. I was ready to cancel practice, shut him up shop, just because I was in full panic mode like the rest of the fans, man. And um, Nathaniel Hackett definitely showing some poise, saying, look, if this is a game scenario, we got to keep playing this game, right? It sounds brutal. It sounds hard when we say on to the next man. But if this were to happen in a game, first quarter, there are three more quarters to go. Broncos still need to win the game. Yes, they're still a Super Bowl contending team. No, this is not the end for them, but thoughts and prayers for Tim Patrick. Yeah, it does suck. And one more question, Luke, guys, because I know you got to get going. We talked about yeah, a few names, but there's a few guys uh, since you've been there. Um, I'm Just take the floor with one of them, um, but I'm going to throw out some names here. Uh, you already mentioned Mo uh, Montreal, Washington, but Seth Williams, Jalen Vigil, uh, Brandon Johnson, uh, Travis Fulgham, Caden Davis. Have any of those guys really stood out at all in any way? I mean, I, 
obviously there's so much to happen at practice at once. You can't really focus on that. I'm like, you're not just sitting there. What's the depth at wide receiver every single day looking at that. <laughs> um, but any of those guys, yeah. uh, you're really catching your interest. Yeah. Um, Seth Williams has put together a couple really good days right when he needs it to uh, second year pick uh, Auburn. If I'm not mistaken, Um, he's a physical receiver. He can play well. I expect his um, pressure and his intensity to increase starting tomorrow. Zach Kazan is going to have that room fired up tomorrow. We already know um, he's a leader of men, his position. But you mentioned another name I wanted to get to. Forgive me for looking him up. Caden Davis. Uh, Mm -hmm. I think he's number 13. And I've got him all over my notebook right now. Him and Brett Rippon have been hooking up a lot. And I got Brett Rippon surging as my QB2 right now. Uh, This young, short, um, unsuspecting wide receiver seems to be catching everything that's thrown at him. You really, really like that. Travis Fulgham, if I'm not mistaken, uh, came over from Philly. Uh, Another cat that you're going to see some more work with. And special teams is where I'm seeing some of these guys pop. The first thing I'm trying to figure out on special teams, are you sticking to your assignment? Because if you're not, Dwayne Stukes will correct you. No, he's not going to undress you. He's going to correct you right in real time to try to get this unit firing on all cylinders. So you look for some of these dark horse wide receivers and Kendall Hinton. We got to talk about him a little bit, right? Camp favorite, fan favorite, say what you will. Got to respect what he's done for this organization. I get it. He's in the Hall of Fame for a reason, I suppose. Uh, But this team is lacking so many pass rushers. I wish I could carry seven, if I'm going to be completely honest with you guys. Uh, You know, Chris Allen is looking pretty decent out there. Number 45, undrafted cat. You wonder what would have happened to his draft stock if he wasn't hurt in college all of the time. He has been flashing a lot. Uh, you look at some of the current unrestricted free agents out there. I don't know, guys. You tell me. Will Fuller, T.Y. Helton, Cole Beasley, Odell Beckham Jr. I mean, I kind of pass on all those guys right now. If you mm. really want to go crazy and have hot talk, hot take radio, we can go with Emmanuel Sanders, who moved back to Denver. Um, not sure what his plans are. I don't think he officially announced retirement. But, you know, George Payton is probably working those phones a little bit. However, George Payton also put this roster together, and he has a lot of good receivers just waiting for an opportunity. Yeah, um, lots of lots of chew on there. Um, wish we could have you on in better circumstances, but hey, <laughs> you know everything marches on. Um, yeah, we'll we'll marinate a little bit more on the Tim Patrick stuff. I know you got to get back at it, uh, but be- before you do, we got to get this in here from Benji because everybody wants to hear this when they you know talk. Luke is right. There you go, Luke. Good to see you. <laughs> now um, I'm good. Now I can yeah. leave. Benji, you're the only one saying that ever. I appreciate you. Yeah, it, uh, maybe it doesn't get that as much at home, you know, with a uh, wife and daughter. You know? <laughs> Dad's right. Mm, okay. Um, but sad to say we might not have the best weapons in our division after today. Benji, I don't think we did before, unfortunately, with the Raiders, but uh, is what it is. Uh, Patrick served a specific role, not easily replaced. Bummer. It is a bummer, Benji. Uh, we appreciate the 499. Thank you. Um, also make sure you're tuning in tomorrow. If Luke is right, um, Luke will be back tomorrow night with myself <laughs> on Mile High Insider. So uh Luke, I know yeah. you gotta get going. Um, we really appreciate you making the time uh to yeah. join us today for a bit. And uh yeah, man, have a better rest of your day. Yeah, no, yeah, no kidding, man. It was just kind of bad juju and like I yeah. still, man, I'm grouchy. It's the mood. It's it's just it's weird how contagious it is. That was my one last thing coming out. Nathaniel Hackett, energy, energy, energy. We get it, we get it, we get it. But the bad energy, man, that stuff is just as contagious as that good energy. So Broncos country, be good. I know some some trolls out there, some different fan bases are chirping you. Be better than that. Um, and stay locked on. Building the Broncos every Tuesday night, 6 p.m. Mountain. My guys, Carl and Nick. Absolutely, Luke. We'll have a better one, and we'll uh, catch you tomorrow. All right, be good, fellas. Peace. See you, man. 
<sighs> All right, uh, Andrew Baker coming in. Uh, thank you so much for the support, Andrew. As always, man, big supporter of the show, man. Really do appreciate it. Uh, he says the best thing for Russ was unlimited weapons, but hey, prayers for Tim Patrick, and we're going to be fine. Broncos are going to be okay. Um, you know, t- losing Tim Patrick sucks, but you have to deal with adversity in the NFL. So, you know, nobody's going to, f- the opponents aren't going to feel bad for the Broncos. The schedule makers aren't going to feel bad for the Broncos. Uh, you're going to have to deal with it, and everybody's going to deal with injuries to some extent. Uh, but really, my heart breaks for uh, Tim Patrick himself. Um, but thank you so much, Andrew. We appreciate you. Um, one thing that we haven't even talked about on here yet that I've just been chomping at. We got about 15, 20 more minutes before we got to get going because Boss Man said, you know, hours a little bit too long for these sh- uh, shows. But um, why does it have to be a wide receiver? That is the big difference maker here for how the Broncos offense is going forward. If you guys have tuned in and heard me talk at all about this Broncos offense, uh, or excuse me, the Packers offense under Nathaniel Hackett, AJ Dillon and uh, AJ Jones or Aaron Jones had a huge heaping of targets in that offense. I say there's, you know, the Tim Patrick uh, targets don't have to go specifically to Kendall Hinton or whoever. Uh, The targets can also go to Gordon and uh, Williams. And also, finally, I'm on a a tirade now, but um, we talked about all offseason. Albert Okwebenam, is he a tight end or is he a big wide receiver in the Alan Lazard mold? Same when they drafted Greg Dulcich. He's listed as a tight end, but I could imagine him being lined up in the slot like a wide receiver because the the slot position in the NFL is changing. Those guys are becoming bigger and bigger bodied, so that way you can run better out of 11 personnel and run the same things where the defense doesn't know what to do. If you're playing Cole Beasley out there, it's a pass. Um, You don't want to tip your hand like that. So uh, I don't think it just has to be the wide receivers. You'd rather have Tim Patrick, duh. Um, but I think the the opportunity um, for where the targets are going and the way the offense is going to be built, I see more on the plates in the past game for Gordon and Williams, as well as those hybrid tight ends in Okoyevnam and Dulcich. Yeah, you think about Russell Wilson's best work with a tight end was with pretty much a glorified wide receiver in Jimmy Graham. Like he tried to get himself actually qualified as a wide receiver because it he was on the, the franchise tag and that would have got him a lot more money if he was viewed as a wide receiver. And, and so you're right. You, you got a couple tight ends right now that are probably better slot tight ends. You could call them slot wide receivers. What are you big wide, slot F, wide receivers? Whatever F you want to call ends. them. It, yeah. They're, they're going to have that kind of role for you. And so like I, I was telling somebody earlier today, I think Tim Patrick, I mean, you're going to miss him between the twenties, but you can still get a lot of movement. I mean, Jerry Judy's good between the twenties. Yeah. Uh, KJ Hamler, you can get him a quick pass and he can take it pretty far. Cortland Sutton, he can do all of his kind of stuff that he can bring to the field. But it's really that red zone where you're missing a six foot four wide receiver that can go up there and jump. And Russell Wilson loves those throws. Like those mm. are some of his best, I think, when you're talking about the shorter throws, are those ones where he just kind of puts it up to a corner and says, go get it. Uh, you know, the, the Cortland Sutton touchdown that he had against Patrick Sertan, was it yesterday? I think it was. That that's the kind of throw it was. It's just throw it to a pylon, let your guy go up there and get it. Jerry Judy's not really that kind of guy. KJ Hamler is very much not that guy. But Albert Okoebenam, oh yeah. Greg Dulcich, he could do some of that. He's not as good as, as Albert Okoebenam. But again, you can get those kind of guys on the field. And then you said the running backs. You still got a lot of different options that, that you can still work on this field to, to come up with something. And I was thinking about this earlier of just the, the Packers last year. Like you had Devontae Adams. You had the two running backs. And then the rest of the weapons weren't really a whole lot of big name guys. Like they schemed people open. 
Now, it was usually yeah. Devontae Adams who they were trying to scheme open, yeah. but they still had some other wide receivers that they were trying to work within that system and make it work. They did, obviously, because their quarterback won an MVP. That's why you bring in a great quarterback, because they raised the level of everybody else around them. You know, you hope that Jerry Judy becomes a greater receiver because he has a great quarterback throwing to him. And, and so I, I think, like I said, that, that's the big thing. You still got to remember, it all still flows through Russell Wilson. You're, you're still going to miss Tim Patrick. It's going to hurt. But to me, there, there's two players on this team that cannot go down with injury. Yeah. If they go down, I'm pretty much saying, okay, yes, this season's going to be tough. Patrick Sertan, Russell Wilson. That's right. You keep those two guys healthy, you've got yourself a pretty good chance. You can you can mix and match at all, a lot of other positions, but if you got those two guys, you're feeling pretty darn good. Yeah, absolutely. And we got Isaiah coming in here saying, Troll Owens can still play. Laugh. Okay, obviously laugh emoji there. Let's ride. And also says, can we get OBJ? I love the addition of Lewis Hamilton to our ownership, Denver Broncos for life. And uh, Carl, I don't speak Spanish, so I'm, I don't even want to butcher it. Um, can Jose... Haciendo Los Broncos. Haciendo, Haciendo Los, Broncos. Los Broncos. I took French like an idiot in middle or in <laughs> high school and middle school. Like, God, one of my biggest mistakes. Who takes French? Um, but uh, I digress. Uh, thank you so much. Uh, Terrell Owens, no. Uh, maybe Odell Beckham Jr., but I still think this is a situation where you you should see what you have in-house right now. And then when it comes to the 90 to 53, maybe somebody's released or maybe you can like, oh, you're maybe going to release that guy. Oh, we would release him. But if you give us a seventh, we can guarantee you get him on this contract. It's that kind of thing where I think closer to camp, um, you might see that, but I, I can't imagine them doing that uh, until we are much closer to the uh, kickoff of regular season. Yeah. And, and I did want to get to, I know some people have been saying, Hey, you haven't talked much about Crockett. He Demar- was going to struggle to make the roster. And so obviously Tim Patrick's the bigger news in this moment, but you're right. Crockett, uh, I feel bad for him because he was fighting for that roster spot, but it also kind of means, Hey, you get to come back next year and try again. You know, maybe if he was cut, it doesn't make another roster. So th- this is in some ways can be okay. News for somebody getting hurt in that way. At least they, they have a guaranteed spot for next year's 90 man roster. And he gets guaranteed money this year, right? Yeah. For the injury. So it sucks. I've, I would not say it's a uh, good news at all, but right. You know, I'm trying to sugarcoat that, it. Yeah. Yeah. I know. I know, uh, but it does suck for Crockett. Um, it's really unfortunate uh, for him as well. But um, as you said, Crockett was somebody who was not likely uh, to make the team. And this might spell the end of his NFL career, especially because he plays the running back position. Uh, and he was already, you know, kind of a borderline player. So that that sucks. Uh, no doubt about it. But for the Broncos impact this season and going forward, the Tim Patrick stuff is a, a much bigger, uh, much bigger news. So obviously, Crockett as well opened it with it, uh, but most of the conversation will should has focused around Tim Patrick. For sure. Now I was going to ask you because you and I talked about this a little bit before the show when we're talking about now we've lost a player on the offense, and from what I understand, defense has been winning a lot of of camp so far, which should be expected. Honestly, I'd be a little bit scared if the offense was already winning against the defense knowing that they don't have the chemistry that they need and they're already beating these guys, it'd make me feel very, very leery about this defense. But I guess, does, does it make you nervous at all knowing that this offense is really struggling right now through the first week of practice? I think it does make me worry a little bit, and it's more so because how much the wide receivers, when they had Tim Patrick, uh, were not really standing out. You know, There was no really go-to guy that was beating everybody. And obviously you have Patrick Sertan there winning his matchups. That's great. But you have 
other uh, wide receivers as well. And all I'm hearing is how much Damari Mathis and Michael Jamudia and uh, Darby and Sertan are all killing it. And it's always the, the double-edged sword there when it comes to practice, because that means the wide receivers aren't killing it. And now you're taking away one of your best guys. Um, it's a little bit concerning. And we all kind of had this, not everybody, but you know, we all all kind of had this thought that, you know, insert or sprinkle franchise quarterback and boom, blossoming top 10, top five receiver core. Cause these guys, it was always just the quarterback holding them back. Obviously the quarterback was holding them back, uh, but maybe our expectations about how much better they would be going from what they've had the last few years to Russell Wilson this year to now losing Tim Patrick. And you already have questions on the offensive line. I mean, it's there's factors here where maybe the offense is not going to be that top 10 caliber that uh, we had been really hoping for and starting to believe in. And it's again, probably overreaction Tuesday over here (laughs) on my end. I'll be the first to tell you that, but uh, I feel less easy about the offense right now than I did before camp started. Yeah, I think it's one of those. I think about how teams played the Broncos the last few years, obviously, with loading the box saying, We dare you to throw. Well, of course, guys are going to be running open when you got eight guys in the box trying to stop the run and just, like I said, daring you, throw it over the top, do something. And the Broncos, I think, have been at bottom three in deep passes over the last few years here, especially last year. I know that for sure. But. Yeah. So now that teams are starting to, or at least the Broncos secondary is staying back, closing up some of those gaps that were there before, like I said, those guys not getting open, not having those kind of opportunities. What does that mean for this offense? Now, if the run game can kick off and do well and make teams have to come up again, then I'm going to feel a lot better. But also hearing that the offensive line is struggling, that they're not working great as a unit right now. There's a lot of confusion on what's going on. DJ Jones and Draymond Jones, both living in the backfield, Bradley Chubb dominating, uh, you know, I've even heard of like Bonito's been dominating as well. Uh, really, a few of the other edge players not doing too bad. You know, we, he just talked about uh, Luke just talked about Chris, um, uh, the one from Alabama. Why am I spacing on his name? Chris now? Allen. Yeah, Chris, Chris Allen. Allen. That he's having a really good camp since he's come back here the last couple of days. And I've, I've heard he looks like a man amongst boys. Like, you know, those Alabama guys, they just they're, they're always bigger than everybody else. I don't know what it is about them. They just, they always have that, that look, but so again, that makes me a little bit nervous that the offensive line, it seems like every unit is getting dominated right now. And it's in both pass protection and run protection. And so that, I mean, that, that's kind of the unit that we've talked about before that they're, they're kind of making make or break this year. If the offensive line can be average, you feel really good about where this team can go. If they are bottom 10, this team could really stall out before they ever get a chance to get going. Yeah. Yeah. It's unfortunate. Um, no doubt about that. And I was Scott's out. We're here. Why are these Alabama guys different? It's because they're recruiting, you know, the, the 14 year olds who are already, you know, <laughs> doing crazy weightlifting stuff. And, you know, they're just the uh, different breed um, of guys they can get there in Alabama. So I guess good for them. Um, nothing like my Iowa guys typically get, but that's okay. Uh, Dom coming in saying, good evening, Nick Carl and Scott in Broncos country. Well, this sucks about Tim. Uh, he was the most consistent wide receiver that we had for the past couple of years. No doubt. Um, and I think, you know, you mentioned already the red zone, um, third downs. The Broncos are going to be probably more volatile. And that's been the my key word of the offseason. It's going to be a, probably a pretty volatile team uh, this year early on, especially the expectations. And uh, losing your most consistent pass catcher, probably going to hurt them, no doubt. So where does it shift to? Again, I think a lot of people, you know, wide receiver, wide receiver. We've been making a slow shift, and it started at the more the 
college, I don't watch much high school football, but the college side over the last decade to positionless football, you know, these guys wearing a lot of different hats and you really see, and I guess the best example here would be uh, recently with uh, Debo Samuel and the 49ers or Cordell Patterson um, with the Falcons, you know, these wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, H backs, you know, where get these weapons in space and work them into the offense and get them in places where they can make plays after the catch, um, give them space. And I think for Nathaniel Hackett, that doesn't just mean it has to be a wide receiver. You're going to have to pivot things a little bit, but we're going to find out about Justin Outen, about Russell Wilson somewhat for this shift here. And of course, Nathaniel Hackett, because they're going to have to figure out different ways to create offense now that Tim Patrick's gone. And I don't think it can purely fall on the wide receivers. Running backs and tight ends are also very much part of the solution of this equation. Yeah, you're, you're right. Uh, we're we're going to learn a ton about Nathaniel Hackett more, more than anybody else. Like I said, just this offense that he's trying to create here, part of it was based around what Tim Patrick could bring to the table. So now you got to, like I said, you got to adjust to that of what can you do with these other weapons? Montreal, Washington, you're starting to see this guy break out, have some pretty darn good speed on the field. Obviously, you're liking him in the return game, but also how can you get him involved in the offense now? And, you know, those Jerry Judy fake sweeps that they were doing, uh, jet sweeps the last few years. Maybe Montreal, Washington is that guy now that you actually hand off to and make teams have to respect that speed coming off the edge. Uh, you know, maybe you're trying to do a few more screen passes. Like you said, get those guys, get the ball in their hand and see what they can do. Jerry Judy. I mean, that, that's part of what he brings to the table is his ability. Once, once he catches the ball, that man becomes dangerous on the field. Struggles yeah. a little bit to catch the ball, but once he gets there, uh, Cortland Sutton, he's another guy. He's actually got a little bit of little moves to him. If you actually get him the ball, he hasn't had a quarterback that's really taken advantage of that the last few years. A little bit of shake and bake. Mm-hmm. No, absolutely. You're uh, you're 100% right. So we'll be interesting. Um, but again, I just want the listeners in here to kind of frame their perspective, not just about the wide receivers, because I think that the Alan Lazard role is just fits, fits just as much for Greg Dulcich and Albert Okoibanam as it does any of the wide receivers uh, on this roster, if not more so. Um, so, Carl, before we get on out of here, start wrapping up. And thank you, everybody who's joined us today. Um, who do you think is going to be the person who gets the uh, the biggest bump? Um, unfortunately, uh, from the Tim Patrick stuff, who's going to, who's going to get a larger chance to make the roster and not only make the roster, but, uh, make some plays on the field this year. I think it's going to be Jerry Judy. Okay. You know, part of, of his game that he brought to the NFL or was supposed to be bringing to the NFL is that quick ability to get open. And you're talking about Tim Patrick with his third down ability. Like he is that consistent guy. You throw it to him. You expect him to come down with that football. Now, Jerry Judy isn't that guy that you throw it up to him and just know that he's going to fight for it. He's going to come down with it. But he's your guy that you're looking for to, to get open, pick up that five-yard, third down and five. He's going to run that five-yard route and be the guy that's open real quick. Yeah. Um, I, I think he's going to be the, the big benefactor here. And then also maybe he does get a little more work in the red zone where maybe before you were kind of thinking, okay, with his small size, Russell Wilson doesn't like to throw over the middle every time. Maybe he's the guy that you're taking off the field to make sure you have Tim Patrick, Albert Okawebenom, Cortland Sutton on the field. You got all these big guys. Well, now you're trying to maybe figure out what can you do with Jerry Judy to get him open in those kind of moments. I I told some people earlier this year that uh, Jerry Judy's never going to be a big touchdown guy. Like he's never going to be the double digit every year kind of guy for touchdowns. But I could see it now this year with him moving up to that number two, maybe even number one wide receiver spot for the Broncos and just getting a higher volume of targets. You know, I think of Baldwin when he was with the, the Seahawks. Most years he was four or five touchdowns a year, even with Russell Wilson. But he had one year where it just got bumped up, had a big, big year, double-digit touchdowns, and just because they were just sheer volume getting him the ball 
making sure that he was targeted every chance that they got. And uh, so, yeah, we got Dave Glassman saying, so late, please quick recap. <laughs> Unfortunately, it's not a great recap. Tim yeah. Patrick goes down with injury. Crockett also running back goes down with injury as well. Both of them ACL tears out for the year. So we, we've been talking mostly just about how, how's this offense going to adjust? Who's going to take over? Like I said, I'm, I'm pr- predicting Jerry Judy. Uh, do you have a name out there that you're going to throw out? Uh, I think this is a big uh, chance for Alberto Okoyevinam. That's the name I was going to say, but then I saw the chat going on here and uh, I think they convinced me otherwise. I'm going to go Montreal, Washington. I know that we were both shocked. Everybody was shocked about the play when it happened. We talked about getting the ball to playmakers in space. And we've said on here so many times about offense in today's NFL. Obviously, it's about scoring points, but it's about explosive plays. And I think that if Nathaniel Hackett is, you know, who's the guy to lead the Broncos offense going forward from a scheme perspective, they're going to need to figure out ways to get these explosive players on the field. So uh, I think maybe Montreal, Washington, if he just keeps making plays, there's got to have to be a place for him. Uh, so that's the guy that I'm the most intrigued if he can step up now that there is a obviously a large uh, vacancy for the targets that Tim Patrick would have otherwise had. So, All right. Well, we also have Gary Leeds Palmer coming in saying, great show, guys. Appreciate that, you, Gary. Man. Always good to see you in here. And guys, just thank you for joining us here today. I know it's not always the easiest show. I uh, hope brought a little positivity to the situation. It really yeah. does suck to lose him, but doesn't mean the season's over by any means. This Bronco team still has lots of potential to be great. So, so don't be completely down on this. Mourn it for the day, but we can move forward tomorrow. Yep. Hopefully things will get better from here. We appreciate everyone coming in. Uh, thank you to Luke for joining us for a bit. Thank you to Scott working in the background here, keeping the uh, the chat in line, making sure that none of those spam bots were coming in. They've been a real issue lately. So I guess they were, I didn't see any today. So either good job, Scott, or they're respecting um, what happened today for the Broncos. So I guess, thank you, spam bots. Um, but uh, thoughts, I hate saying thoughts and prayers, but you know, thoughts and prayers for Tim Patrick and uh, Damari Crockett for the injury. Um, it happens in football, but it still sucks when it happens. And uh, I guess the best thing I can say is Tim Patrick did get his guaranteed money last year. So feel good for him for that reason. And that's why if those agents are, you know, you see these players fighting for more money, why is he being greedy? trying to protect himself because Lord knows what happens after this. So we're hoping for the best, but uh, thank you everybody for joining us uh, the rest of the day. Obviously we'll have more information as uh, more information comes out on the Tim Patrick stuff and get a better idea of how the Broncos team is going to adjust. Um, so yeah, it's unfortunate. I always hate having shows with these conversations being the primary things, but uh, it's going to happen sometimes. Knock on wood. Maybe if we knock on enough wood, it will never happen again. Um, but uh, <laughs> thank you guys so much for joining us. Make sure you're following Carl and I on Twitter. Carl's at Carl Dumber MHH. I'm at Nick Kendall MHH. Also, make sure you're following us at BDB Football Pod and also at Mile High Huddle. If you haven't done so yet, make sure you go join us on Facebook, facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle Pod and facebook.com forward slash Mile High Huddle. And of course, if you're joining us on YouTube today, please like, subscribe, and share over on YouTube. Also, make sure you uh, hit that bell notification or the bell up there uh, so that way you know when we go live. Because sometimes I feel like we're pretty good at staying on time, but sometimes some of the other shows, you know, 10, 15 minutes late. Uh, so you don't want to just be sitting around waiting. Um, Hit that bell notification. That way you know when we go live and uh, you can join us right when the good stuff's getting on. So uh, thank you guys uh, for joining us. Uh, Carl, what's the rest of your night looking like? Well, I was hoping to work on maybe an article from today's news from anything with camp. And and then also got, of course, get my run in. And I got to get mm. packed to head out there to camp here in a couple days. Hell yeah. By taking one of my sons, that my youngest one. First time ever getting his chance to go out to camp and see how it's going to be and and uh, I think he's more excited about the things after camp, what we're going to do. I'm going to like a trampoline park and stuff like that. But, uh, but
but no, I'm excited to get him out there, get my eyes on the Broncos myself. You know, it's it's great reading these reports from Luke and and everybody else, but uh, there, there's nothing like getting to see it for yourself. Yeah, absolutely. Seeing is believing. Um, well, guys, we appreciate you. Thanks for everybody who joined us today. Uh, if you missed any of the show, you can obviously go back and watch it on YouTube. Um, you guys have a great rest of your day. We appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow night on Mile High Insiders with Luke and I. And if you are you know have a little bit of time in the morning, you can hang out with Scott and I, uh, talk a little bit of Falcons and NFL on Forging the Falcons. But until then, you guys have a great one. Uh, choose compassion and choose kindness. And, of course, go Broncos. You've been listening to Building the Broncos. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the conversation going. Not long ago, everyone knew that you're either born a boy or a girl. Not anymore. The Biden administration is pushing radical gender experiments on children, changing their names, clothes, identities, and bodies. Joe Biden and his left-wing allies pushed boys to take estrogen to appear more feminine. They pushed girls to take testosterone so they grow facial hair. Biden and progressive leaders promote puberty blockers to keep kids from developing to normal men and women. These drugs can leave you sterile, infertile, impotent. Joe Biden and the new left even promote surgery on teens and young adults, removing breasts and genitals. They want boys in our daughters' bathrooms and sports teams. And now, the Biden administration is planning to issue new rules that would force doctors to prescribe dangerous drugs and worse. Tell Joe Biden and left-wing leaders across America, hands off our kids. Paid for by America First Legal. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. 